In this episode of the Church Security Roll Call, we're going to be discussing the 2015 Emanuel AME Church Shooting. Stay tuned. Hi, this is Chris with Sheepdog Church Security and this is your Church Security Roll Call. Today we're going to be discussing the article, the 2015 Emanuel AME Church Shooting. It's part of our Lessons Learned series. If you'd like to read that article, go to our website, sheepdogchurchsecurity.net, and look under the News tab. So let's begin in the Bible as we always do. This is uh, 2 Kings chapter 25, verse 25. So there's a few names in here that are going to be a little difficult to pronounce, but I'll do my best. Um, but it reads like this. But it came to pass in the seventh month that Ishmael, the son of Nethaniah, the son of Ishmael, of the seed royal, uh, came and ten men with him and smoke uh, Gedaliah that he died. And the Jews and the Cardines that were with him in Mizpah. So the reason we're bringing out this verse is that Ishmael pretended to have fellowship with them to get close enough to kill Geldaniah. So, and that's kind of what's gone on in this situation. This shooting, motivated by racism, was carried out using treachery. He was basically a, a wolf in sheep's clothing. And so we want to be alert to, or we have to be alert to any new visitors, especially if there's some suspicious, uh, something suspicious about them. But anyway, before we continue, I'd like to draw your attention to our notes in the comment section below. Uh, the one you're going to want to get for this one is our monthly one, the lessons learned. So go ahead and click that and you'll get a summary of this, uh, of this article. So make sure you check that out. So a little history for you. Um, so we know that bias has been a problem, a motivating factor in murders at houses of worship for some time. Um, there's a couple recordings. Now, these are old ones. This is um, Josephus. Um, basically, he was a very early historian in the Jewish community. So here we go. So here in Jerusalem, AD 28, Felix, the Roman pure creator, of the Judea and Samaria arranged for Jonathan, the high priest, to be assassinated in the temple. Uh, this was a personal grudge and was done by stealth. Ten years later, AD uh, 68, zealots and Edomines stormed the temple. There the Edomines killed many priests and worshipers. Um, even though the Edomines were now accepted as Jews, um, there was still animosity going back 1,900 years. And so racism or prejudice, uh, bias, has existed probably for as long as human beings have been walking the planet. Um, so a little background on the uh, Emmanuel African Methodist Episcopal Church in downtown Charleston, South Carolina. It's a historic congregation. It was established in 1817 for free blacks. The church saw slavery, the Civil War, Reconstruction, Jim Crow laws. Um, it was an activity center for civil rights movement in the 1950s and 1960s. 
The pastor of the Emmanuel AME in 2015 at the time of the shooting was Reverend Pickney. And he was described as a winsome man who was uh, respected by all. He was uh, not only a teacher, preacher, and shepherd of the flock, but he was a South Carolina state senator and promoter and protector of civil rights. On, uh, it was Wednesday evening, June 17, 2015. Um, the early evening activities with dinner and fellowship had ended, and in prayer services and the pastor's Bible study began at about 8 p.m. A young white male came through the side entrance about this time. He asked the first person he met to see the pastor. Pastor uh, Reverend Pickney came, greeted the visitor warmly, and took him into the classroom. The young man sat down next to him. At the end of the study, they began prayer. As they bowed their heads and closed their eyes, the young man pulled a forty-five from beneath his fanny pack. He first shot Pastor Pickney, then others. One young man tried to reason with him, but he said, I have to do this, claiming that blacks are raping and murdering whites. That, um, that young man um, and his great aunt were killed. His mother pretended to be dead, lying in her own son's blood. Nine people were shot and killed. The killer told one survivor that if she had left, um, uh, that she's going to be left to tell others what happened because he intended to kill himself. His gun jammed, so he left the church and drove away. Um, as other mass killers, the assailant, the assailant for Emmanuel AME was a troubled person. Throughout his childhood, he shuttled between two divorced parents. He had trouble studying in school along with behavioral and attendance issues, eventually dropping out of school. He was a drinker and a user of marijuana and hard drugs. Um, his, re his record included several uh, drug arrests. Uh, somewhere along the line, he was influenced by white supremacist, uh, white supremacist ideas, especially following the 2012 killing of Trayvon Martin in Florida. He had a web page promoting a return to racial segregation. Considering his record, um, this this kind of has the appearance of him assuming some sort of significance in a radical cause to compensate, compensate for his failure in life. Um, he did say um, afterward that he had considered changing his mind about shooting some of them or shooting them uh, because they were so kind to him. However, obviously, he still went through it. After his failed attempt to commit suicide, um, he drove to North Carolina. The next day, somebody in, the, uh, in Shelby saw a car that was like uh, the ones in the news bulletins and noticed the appearance of the driver. She called 911 and Shelby police made the arrest. The suspect was tried and convicted of first degree murder. He was sentenced to death, but this was later changed to life in prison without parole. To this day, he remains completely unapologetic. The killer's stated motive was to provoke a race war um, but the massacre actually had the opposite effect. There was an outpouring of grief um, from, for the slain and sympathy for the bereaved. Um, both South Carolina and across the nation from all races and political parties. Um, and so this mass killing also brought attention to church security with the question, how can we keep our church safe? Um, 
and that when we, when we gather together. And so it's kind of the it what's really came out of this is how do we maintain that balance, right? Between we want to protect our people but at the same time have our arms open <laughs> to the general public. There was one negative result from the shooting um, about two two years and some change on Sunday, September 24, 2017, a church in Antioch, Tennessee was attacked. The shooter killed one person in the parking lot, but was then wrestled to the floor by an usher entering the sanctuary um, and wounding a few more. Um, a note in his vehicle claimed that he was intending to take revenge for the Emmanuel AME killings, and uh, he was hoping to kill 10 white people. So the lessons learned. Um, I think one of them that we really have to keep in mind is how important it is to be on guard at all times. So I think about my past church that I worked at. It had, there's so much more than just the services, right? You know, for us, it's Sunday morning services. Then we had a Wednesday services. And then we had just a truckload of other things going on. Not even to mention that the offices were open Monday through Friday, nine to five. So it's almost, I mean, it was basically impossible for safety team members to be there all, at all times. And so what we have to consider doing and what we should be doing is when safety team members can't be there, then the leaders of those different ministries um, need to receive some sort of training or at least some sort of security briefing, safety briefing to prepare them um, to respond to emergency situations. So, I mean, it could be as simple as they have to go through medical training too. They should be taught a little bit about spotting suspicious people. They should be told, you know, maybe to be very quick on calling 911 if they see something suspicious or if there's an emergency situation. We need to give them some basic training. You know, I think about secretaries and the pastor and all those people that are there during the week. What have they been told? What do they need to know about safety and security when the team's not press, present? The next thing is this, is we as safety team members need to recognize that corporate prayer in the church, you know, where everybody in the sanctuary is basically bowing their heads, really opens us up. It's a critical time. It's a dangerous time because a bad guy like this could be waiting for that moment to, to begin their attack. And so what it comes down to is this, is one of the things like Jimmy Meeks, Carl Chen, Dave Grossman, all that kind of stuff. What they're saying is when those heads go down, the safety team members, their heads go up and they start scanning the room and paying attention. Now you might be asking about your own prayer life. You know, pray at home. You know, this kind of reminds me a little bit of a joke and I'm going to edit it because it's kind of, it can be divisive. But anyway, it's intended to be divisive, I guess is the way to put it. But I'm going to edit it. So basically there's three religious people in a life raft and that life raft is starting to take on water. And two of the religious people say, hey, we need to get to praying. We need to pray for, for God's help and stuff like that. And the third person says, I'm all prayed up. Let's get to bailing. Um, and so that's what you need to do. You need to have a very good personal devotional time where you are praying, you are studying, 
you are spending some time in worship. You know, maybe it's a good Christian channel on your car as you're driving to and from work or whatever. You know, do these things on your own. And so that way, when you're on duty at church, you're all prayed up, let's get to bailing. You know, you're all prayed up, let's get to work. Let's pay attention to what's going on. Uh, we don't need to participate in this prayer because we already prayed the mor that morning. The other thing is this, is if your team meets and should be meeting before services start and before duty, starting duty, you know, you too as a leader could lead a short prayer. And once again, let them know, hey, we're going to pray now because uh, we're not going to be praying later. So anyway, just something food for thought there. <clears throat> The other thing I want to bring up is strategic positioning. So in this case, the bad guy uh, waited for people to bow their heads, but there were some indications that he was um, not necessarily, he, he was suspicious, let's just put it that way. And one of those things was he was very argumentative during the discussion. He was trying to pick a fight with them. And so with or without indications, you want to make sure that when you're working your church that you want to always be thinking about where you're located. Let me, let, me, let me explain that a little bit. Let's say that there's some sort of suspicious activity in the lobby during the services and you observe it. Now maybe it's so low of a of suspicion that you're not really necessarily ready to get on the radio, but it should be enough to get you to start moving. If that person pulls a gun, if that person starts a fight, where do I want to be? Where do I want to be located so I could respond effectively to that situation? And this is really something that we should always be doing. As we're patrolling, as we're looking, think about, okay, this guy comes in with a slightly heavier coat than normal for this type of weather. He may or may not be suspicious, maybe even know the guy. Um, and, but think about it. Use it as an opportunity to practice your skills. You know, think about, okay, maybe I need to go downstairs. I need to kind of cover him a little bit. And if he were to, if he went crazy the last time, since the last time I saw him and he pulled out a gun, where would I want to be? Now, I'm not saying you're creeping and, and all that kind of stuff. But you know what I'm saying? You're positioning yourself. You know, maybe you hear some loud noise, right? Don't you kind of move towards that noise and then kind of strategically check it out? If it turns out not to be anything, no big deal. If it is something, you're there to respond. You know, so think, uh, think about that. You know, also inside the sanctuary, where are you seated or where are you standing? And if you see something or hear something on one side of the sanctuary or the other, you know, do you get up and walk across the back and reposition yourself? You know, always be moving, always be evaluating, always be moving to the most strategically advantageous position that you can um, for any sort of emergency that might come about. You know, in the case, like I said, you see somebody that's even kind of suspicious or maybe it's a little argument. Where do you want to be if that turns into a big argument or turns into a physical altercation? Always be moving, always be looking, always be positioning yourself. So I hope all of that, uh, that helps you a lot um, as far as as you move forward, how your team's going to train, how your team is actually going to patrol. You can see how this, some of that advice I'm giving you is all about patrol techniques and, and 
always positioning yourself where you need to be. But other than that, um, I want to thank everybody that took advantage of uh, this last weekend's enrollment period. So a handful of you joined up. If your church has joined up, it's going to be great. It's going to be fun. Um, I can't wait to talk to you more and interact with you more. So thank you so much. Other than that, if you like this video, please like, subscribe, uh, tell your friends, make comments, all that good stuff. And let's get that conversation going, not only in our churches, but even online. You know, your insight, your experience could help somebody else that you've never even met in your life by reading a comment and anything that you have to offer. So thank you so much for joining us today. And hey, let's be careful out there. This program is made for informational purposes only and should not be taken as legal advice.